0: The Documas Project Session 9 Reading and Personal Study The Redemptive Gifts in Business The following is a dramatization of a business meeting that has seven people. Each person in this meeting has a different gift. They are all members of one company and happen to be on a selection committee for buying and retrofitting a new building. Let's listen in on their conversation. I figured out a really innovative design for the production workflow of this building. It goes like this. That's all fine and good if we had time to experiment, but I think we need to stick to the tried and true principles for how to design in the production workflow and the office areas. Here's what I recommend. Both of your ideas seem fine, but you really need to consider what is best for the people who are going to work in the building. I think we should... Oh,
1: okay, I hear what each of you is saying, and I want to make sure that every idea is considered in a respectful manner. We need to go about this properly, so here's how we're going to go about making a decision. Oh
0: boy, here we go again. More meetings. Well, just let me know when you get it all figured out, and I'll do my part to make it happen.
1: Hey everyone, I just want to say that I think you're an amazing team. Let's grab a long lunch and chat about the various options, and just have a little fun while we figure this out. Oh look, here comes Gary. Hi, everyone. Sorry I'm late. I found an amazing deal on a building that already has the production workflow laid out and an incredible office area. It was a now-or-never type of situation, so I signed the deal just about an hour ago, and we move in next month. Isn't that great? You did what?
0: This conversation is a fairly typical illustration of what happens when a team has a superficial understanding of each other's gifts. More importantly, they don't know how to honor each other and work together. God's people are commanded to be like-minded. So, learning about the redemptive gifts and honoring one another blesses God and His children. Comparing Redemptive Gifts to the Kingdom of God The following descriptions provide a brief comparison of the seven gifts in Romans 12 to the seven characteristics of the Kingdom of God in Romans 14. The topic of spiritual gifts is very rich and there is a wealth of resources. The seven gifts in Romans 12 are often called the redemptive gifts. The following descriptions are a snapshot of the type of teaching that is available. Over the years, scholars have connected the dots by doing character studies in the Bible. Key principles have been derived from these character studies. Further reading on this topic is highly recommended for Spiritual Gym members. Please refer to the Spiritual Gym recommended reading list. The Romans 12 list is 1 Prophet, 2 Servant, 3 Teacher, 4 Exhorter, 5 Giver. 6. Leader, and 7. Mercy. The Romans 14 list is 1. Righteousness, 2. Peace, 3. Joy, 4. Being in the Spirit, 5. Serving Christ, 6. Pleasing to God, and 7. Approving of each other. Greek, Dokkimos. The prophet has the highest authority to live righteously and help others to live righteously. Prophets tend to interpret moral and ethical issues very quickly in black and white terms. Conversely, when wounded, they can easily make people feel intimidated or judged. Prophets see design and order and help others see it too. It is no accident that God created the law of physics on the first day of creation, and prophets are first in this list of seven gifts. Righteousness and design are the foundation of God's kingdom. The servant has the highest authority to have godly peace and share that peace with others. Conversely, when wounded, they can also carry a great deal of stress when feeling overwhelmed. That peace or stress transmits to others as well. Servants understand what it means to respect authorities established by God. They are attracted to godly leaders and help them through their acts of service fueled by devotion. When biblical principles are followed, servants help establish a great sense of peace for leaders and their followers. The teacher has the highest authority to overflow with godly joy and share that joy with others. They seek truth, much like the prophet, but take a little longer coming to conclusions and are more thorough. Conversely, when wounded, they can lose their joy and create an atmosphere of performance-based acceptance. When yielded to God, they transmit joy. When self-willed, they transmit high expectations resulting in a breakdown of relationships. The exhorter easily connects with the Spirit of God and helps others connect too. Exhorters can create an environment that people want to be a part of. Quite often they lead organizations and are viewed as visionary. Conversely, when wounded, the exhorter can get off track and be overly playful, disrespectful, marginalize others, or act irresponsibly and thereby quench the Spirit of the Lord. They often feel abandoned when people leave the organization due to their conduct. The giver has the highest authority to direct resources in a way that serves Christ and nourishes new life, i.e. a new business, idea, project, etc. They also have the authority to create a legacy of resources for those who follow after the giver. They must ensure that future generations understand how to serve Christ when directing resources. They seem to have an uncanny ability to create wealth or have access to resources. A wounded giver is often viewed as miserly greedy, or unwisely generous. They can also be fearful of loss when wounded and become protective of resources. The ruler is called to be pleasing to God. They have the greatest authority to lead and make decisions based on biblical principles and stand for what is right. They can withstand the pressure to make unethical decisions or decisions that fall short of God's ways. People willingly follow godly leaders because there is the sense that they are doing the right thing for the right reasons at the right time. Wounded leaders can strive to prove themselves worthy through setting and achieving man-made goals. This may be attractive to their followers for a period of time, but eventually people fall away from this type of performance orientation and the leader is left feeling disillusioned. The mercy has the highest authority to make people feel accepted and understood. This sense of approval, dakimos, complements all the gifts and provides a sense of rest and acceptance for an entire community. It is no accident that God rested on the seventh day after declaring, it is very good, and that people of mercy are experts in creating approving and restful environments. Conversely, mercies can be taken advantage of and then become distrusting. In their distrust, they can withdraw from even healthy relationships. They need to be solidly grounded in the fact that God defines them, and not people, so that they can minister to others in the power of the Holy Spirit and not from a place of self-protection or seeking the approval of people. Mercies are the ones with the highest authority to remind people that they are approved by God. Redemptive Gifts Matrices Each of the redemptive gifts comes with an ample supply of one or more spiritual qualities This ample supply is given by the Holy Spirit and can be thought of as free money for the person with that redemptive gift. It comes so easily for them that they think everyone should have what I have. However, when the person is highly wounded or feeling defeated, they exhibit the exact opposite of this free money. When you feel threatened, you may tend to protect your earthly desire. This protective response is rarely what is needed and usually causes more harm than good. However, with redemption and spiritual growth, God will flow through your spirit and your soul, mind, will, and emotions, and your earthly desires can be surrendered to God through your spirit. This is how to walk in godly authority. The tables on page 120 and 121 give you an overview of the godly authority and ample supply that each gift has. Contrast those columns with the column titled Earthly Desire. There is nothing wrong with these earthly desires. However, they need to be in submission to Christ, or else each of these desires can cause you to stumble into the common struggles. When your spirit is in charge, you'll operate from a position of godly authority. But when your soul is in charge, you'll operate to satisfy your earthly desires. The following matrices summarizes the redemptive gifts from a variety of perspectives. You can use these to better understand each gift we highly recommend listening to the audio series by Arthur Burke, The Redemptive Gifts of Individuals, in order to gain a better and greater understanding of this important topic. The redemptive gifts in relationship to some of the lists of seven in the Bible are also available on page 121. The Manifestation Gifts 1 Corinthians chapter 12 lists the spiritual gifts that are commonly referred to as the manifestation gifts. This term comes from the section that reads, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. These gifts are situational. They are available to faithful servants of the Lord who are seeking the leading of the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, they are available as the Holy Spirit guides and wills. All the gifts of the Holy Spirit are to be used with love as the guiding principle. These gifts may also be counterfeited, so discernment and knowledge of God's Word is essential. 1 Corinthians 12, 1-11 says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. 1 Corinthians 12, 1-11. Please see the table on page 122. The Office Gifts. Ephesians chapter 4, lists the fivefold spiritual gifts often referred to as the office gifts. So Christ Himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip His people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants— The office gifts include apostles, a Roman military term that in New Testament times meant one sent forth with orders as a delegate or messenger. It applied to high-ranking officers with a group of ships or soldiers sent to a conquered land to change the culture to that of Rome. The Apostle Paul uses this term to describe the role that Jesus Christ gave him to spread the gospel across the known land. The term is used in two contexts. First, the Apostles of Christ refers to the apostles appointed directly by Jesus Christ to establish the doctrines of Christianity. Secondly, the term applies to those called by the Holy Spirit to spread the gospel to new places. These apostles are missionaries and church planters. They are men like Titus, 2 Corinthians 8.23, Barnabas, Acts 14.14, and Epaphrodites, Philippians 2.25. Junia, Romans 16, 7, is an example of a female apostle. The word apostle is used to them in the sense that they are ambassadors of already revealed doctrinal truth. Their job is not to give new doctrine, but they were sent to preach, teach, and spread the doctrine that God has revealed through the scriptures, teachings of Christ, and revelation given to the apostles of Christ. Prophets a special office anointed by the Holy Spirit to certain individuals to foretell and forth-tell under the direct guidance of the Holy Spirit. Their purpose is to build up the body of Christ through truth and righteousness. There were prophets in Antioch mentioned in Acts 13.1 and other prophets mentioned in Acts such as Agabus. All throughout the Bible, there are warnings given to prophets so that they speak only as the Holy Spirit instructs. There are also many warnings about false prophets. False prophets are those who speak with authority, but are not in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Great harm is done to the body of Christ when false prophets are honored. Conversely, great harm is done to the body of Christ when true prophets are ignored or rejected. Even Jesus was not honored in his hometown. Matthew thirteen fifty-seven. Evangelist A bringer of good tidings The name is given to the New Testament heralds of salvation through Christ who are not specifically called apostles, such as Philip the Evangelist, mentioned in Acts 21.8. Pastors, a herdsman or a shepherd, a shepherd in the New Testament times was responsible for watching out for enemies, trying to attack the sheep, then defending the sheep when under attack. They also would heal the wounded or sick and save the lost or trapped sheep. They were to love the sheep share their lives with them, and earn their trust. No pastors are named specifically in the New Testament. However, Jesus used this title regularly. I am the Good Shepherd, John 10, 14. Teachers, a person who teaches concerning the things of God and the duties of man, who is called to teach by the Holy Spirit. Jesus is called teacher many times by those listening to Him. Paul also refers to Himself as a teacher, other teachers mentioned in the New Testament include Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Menan. Acts 13.1. In James three one, a stern warning is given to teachers. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Chris Vallotton, the author of Basic Training for the Prophetic Ministry, provides clear teaching on the five ministry offices described in Ephesians 4. In summary, the five offices perform the following functions. Apostles govern by building a team similar to a general contractor who oversees a project. Prophets guide by envisioning the design like an architect who assists the general contractor. Evangelists gather by spreading the good news in their compassion for others. Pastors are guardians by protecting essential principles and greatly caring for people. Teachers ground by studying and sharing truth with an emphasis on imparting excellence. In the 21st century implementation of organized Christianity, there are professionals and volunteers who carry out these functions. Professional pastors, evangelists, teachers, prophets, and apostles are called the clergy. Volunteers who perform these roles in response to the call of the Holy Spirit are called the laity. CAUTION! Please be careful to use these titles as a God-given role. A title is not your identity. Many have been hurt or led astray by forgetting this essential truth. We find it fascinating that many people in the laity may be carrying out their God-given office gift in the marketplace without even knowing it. A successful business consultant may be operating in the office of profit in the marketplace. A respected CEO may be operating in the role of apostle in the marketplace. A great salesman may be an evangelist. An HR professional may have a pastor's heart. A frontline manager may be a teacher. There are many ways to think about these office gifts being applied in the marketplace. If you are exercising your God-given office gift in the marketplace, then enjoy it. Give God all the glory and be a blessing to those God has put in your sphere of influence. This is a powerful thought and can give meaning and purpose to your work. Remember, work is worship. The Greater Gifts 1 Corinthians 12, 28-31 gives a combination list of various types of gifts and refers to them as greater gifts. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the Church first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing— of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. 1 Corinthians twelve twenty-eight 28-31. This term greater in Greek is megas and means greater intensity, effort, affection, and emotions. It refers to the powerful effect on the senses as violent, mighty, and strong. The term greater does not mean that the people who use these gifts are better or more important. That would be a misconception of the term. The Bible gives clear instruction for cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you, First Timothy 4.14. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands, Second Timothy 1.6. The Greek word used for the spiritual gift of prophecy and prophetic utterances is propheteia. It is the discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving and admonishing the wicked comforting the afflicted, revealing things hidden or foretelling future events. Do not quench the Spirit, do not treat prophecies or propheteia with contempt, but test them all, hold on to what is good, reject every kind of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5:19 to 22 Immediately following the description of the greater gifts, the Apostle Paul describes the way of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is the most important thing to keep in mind when spiritual gifts are in play. Again, the key is to do all things in love. Rick Joyner wrote the following in one of his online posts. We think this is an excellent example of what we see God doing throughout the entire Bible and today. This story is an excellent example of the principles in Scripture. In this story, we see the greater gifts in use with wisdom and love. The word of knowledge that I was given, which is my personal favorite, seemed very strange to me when I received it. I actually resisted sharing it. In a meeting, we were praying for a couple and their 14-year-old daughter. I heard the Spirit say, Tell the daughter that she is not an accident. Immediately I thought about how embarrassing this would be for the daughter and her parents who were standing in front of the whole congregation for prayer. I assumed she must have been one of those surprised children, but I did not want to embarrass the little girl or her parents. Then the spirit said, do it. When I did, both the daughter and the parents burst into tears and were almost wailing. Concerned that I had insulted them terribly, I asked what this meant to them. They said that their daughter had been the product of a rape and had found out and felt that she was not even supposed to be alive. This family was new to the church, and I knew I could not have known this. That one word instantly healed a major wound in their family. The little girl left thinking that God did know her and that she was not an accident, but that God loved her and He had a purpose for her. The parents left deeply touched by how God had so personally cared about them and that they could rejoice in the victory of this whole situation. The Lord obviously did not intend for the rape, but He is so good that He would use even this terrible thing to bring forth good. I was just an observer to this, but it changed me too, because it was a whole new level of seeing just how wonderful our God is. Because people come from all over the world to our local church to be ministered to by our prophetic teams, we hear things like this frequently. In fact, they are now so common they are expected. I think this is normal Christianity. It was what the Apostle Paul said about prophecy, how if an unbeliever came, the secrets of his heart would be exposed and he would fall on his face, declaring that God is certainly among us. 1 Corinthians 14, 24-25 Constant awe and wonder at the great things the Lord is doing, which cannot be credited to men, are normal New Testament church life. The way of love Now that we have taken a look at spiritual gifts, it is even more important that we take a look at the way of love. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and journal 5 to 7 key characteristics of love. Next, read Galatians 5 13 to 25. Application exercise. Write in your journal 5 to 7 key characteristics of freedom and the fruit of the Spirit. What did you write down? Is there anything in your heart that God would like to deal with so that you can have total freedom, showing love to Him and the people in your life? Meditate and pray about these things. Ask the Spiritual Gym leadership for help if you get stuck. Write in your journal any area of personal breakthrough. We pray that God fills you with love, truth, freedom, and power so that you are filled to overflowing with hope and that hope spreads to others.
1: Session 9 Wrap-Up Well, this is the second session on redemptive gifts and spiritual gifts. Lori talked about the remainder of the content on redemptive gifts. She also covered the manifestation gifts and office gifts. As you can see, there's a lot to comprehend. It's going to take some time to really process through this with your team, trying different things out, and give it some time. It's totally okay. In the group activity, you have another opportunity to apply this to your life specifically. So really grab this as an opportunity to go a step further with this, but also be patient with yourself too. If it's taking some time to really comprehend it, that's okay. And that's why you can tap into the power of your team and also people who know you well to take it to the next level. To find out more about the Docamas Project community and events, please visit docamasnetwork.org. The Dakamas Project Spiritual Gym Playbook Version 2 was written by Larry and Lori Hill. Copyright 2016.